This is Mel. And I'm Tosh. Welcome to Mahogany Mammology, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. This episode is sponsored in part by the Gladney Center. Since 1887, Gladney Center for Adoption has been a pioneer and leading voice for improving the lives of children, adoptive families, and birth parents in the United States and around the world. Gladney believes every child deserves a loving and caring family and will not rest until all children know the love and stability of a forever home. Visit Adoptions by Gladney, that's G-L-A-D-N-E-Y dot com forward slash start and request a free adoption information packet today. Please vote for Mahogany Mammology to join the South by Southwest speakers in March. We are looking to present on the reality that Black moms change in a variety of ways throughout the day. You do need to create an account in order to vote. Voting actually began on August 6th, but will continue until August 30th. The steps to voting will be located in our show notes, and we thank our listeners for voting and your unwavering support. And now, on to the show. From 1999 to 2017, the total number of adoptions in the United States totaled 271,831, with the majority of adoptions being from birth up to two years old, and more girls being adopted than boys. In 2016, 9,988 Black or African American children were adopted in the United States compared to, get this, 27,776 children identifying as white. Over a 13-year period from 2009 to 2012, Texas remained one of the top five states for adoption, having 13,920 adoptees. In 2017, the number of adoptees in Texas was 406. Today, we will be talking with one mother who adopted two African-American children from different states. We will discuss her choice behind adopting. So it gives me a great pleasure to introduce our guest mammologist, Shannon Powell-Hart. And she's actually lived throughout the United States, sharing stories as a journalist. Hart's career began at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, where she studied radio, film, and TV. The next two decades were filled with opportunities working on air for stations in Washington, D.C., Lynchburg, Virginia, Greensville, South Carolina, Baltimore, Maryland, and WFAA in Dallas, Texas. The former producer-reporter of Good Morning Texas has since transitioned as a marketing manager for the Texas Ale Project, a veteran and family-owned brewery in Dallas. When Shannon isn't educating us on the brewing techniques, the mom of two loves evenings at the Coyote Drive-In in Fort Worth with her <laughs> husband and then three-and-a-half-month-year-old, I know where to find her, month-year-old son, Zachary, and love month old Zoe crafting oh and if y'all haven't seen her craft room it is the bomb.com crafting and finding time with friends welcome Shannon welcome. hi hi I'm so glad to be here with you too yes yes so let's jump right into it can you discuss your decision to adopt versus I don't know surrogacy <sighs> I will tell you when I got married I got married late 
uh, I was almost 40. Mm -hmm. And it took us a couple of years to come around to the whole fact of having children. And by the time we got there, I was not as young as I used to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doesn't matter what you look like. Biology is what it is. Sure. So we went through three rounds of IVF, and they didn't work. And they were expensive. All I can say is Dr. Chantilly's has my kitchen. And, yeah, I wanted a kitchen for all the money that we spent. Well, goddamn. And when we got to the end of the process, um, and this is one of the reasons I truly respect him, he gave us three decisions. He said, you can do this again Mm -hmm. and drop me another 10 grand. Wow. Um, Yeah. Or... (laughs) You can think egg donation. Okay. Or you can adopt. So we never even broached the subject of surrogacy because when we talked about egg donation and he said, okay, so with this process, you will pay for yourself, you know, transferring of uh, the egg or the child. You will also pay for the young woman who is the egg donator. Mm -hmm. And here was the thing. He is in Dallas, and he was very honest with me. He said there are not very many young African-American women who are egg donors. Which goes back to our episode from a— Earlier time, right? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So he said you would have to do, we'd have to cast you into a nationwide search. So that would cost you money. I was yeah. like, wait a minute. You want a whole house at this point? I cannot afford this. So we talked about that. Then I said, okay, let's talk about adoption. And my husband was sitting there. He finished. And I was like, well, adoption sounds like the plan for me because I'm not going to do this again. And my husband was like, worse for me. We could have done this at first. And I was like, I oh, should smack it. you across the head <laughs> because we could have had the kitchen and probably a kid by now. Yeah. So did he? Why didn't he bring? Why didn't he bring it up back then? Because it goes back. No, you know, men I, don't think. I think <laughs> it, they don't. You know, he never I mean, said, "Let's a, do this." But I think for both of us, we had to at least try. Sure. Okay. Okay. So you have to at least try so that you can say you did, and you never have those. You never second guess yourself about why you made the decision that you made. Okay. And when we said, "Okay, I think we're going to adopt," I was given the name of a couple of counselors, and the doctor said, "I need you." to probably go speak to one of them. I'm like, why? I'm fine. He goes, because part of this process is you kind of need to divorce the idea that you will have a child the traditional way Mm -hmm. and be okay with this is the decision that you make. Really, I walked out of there. I was like, okay, good. I don't have to worry about, you know, carrying a child. Uh, I was already 43, so I thought this body will stretch and never go back. Mm -hmm. And I was honestly okay with that decision. I mean, but I went to speak to a counselor and she was like, be okay, because, you know, people will feel, they do feel uncomfortable around you sometimes when you say, we're going to adopt. Oh, you can't have kids. No, we're just not going to invest any more money in that Mm -hmm. part of life. We want children. Mm -hmm. And that was a surefire way that we would have children. That makes sense. So that was our main reason for going the adoption route. But we wanted to be parents more than anything. So So there you go. So you kind of talked about how the doctor said, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to find African-American moms for surrogacy. Mm -hmm. Is it very challenging to find you know, research discussing African-American family adoptions in that regard? I mean, how different Um, is it? It's, 
I will say when it comes to surrogacy, a friend of mine, she lives up in the D.C. area. Um, she had, there was a wider net for her to think of that decision. She chose a different route to have her child. She said there, it was easy. Mm. You know, it was like you could find someone who had done the research, would want to do this, and they were okay with it. Um uh, you know, no shade, but we are in the South. Mm -hmm. Sometimes everyone doesn't do the research, just like the egg donation part. Uh, our doctor said that they had contacted a number of different agencies and programs where they had found um, white young women who wanted to donate eggs, but finding African-American women who understood the process and understood this egg was going to be used each month, whether you used it or not. Yeah. Uh, we are not taking a child from you. You know, yeah, it... Yeah. it 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 was kind of hard to find, you know, specific information. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I got more information from my friends that lived up in the D.C. and New York area from, you know, websites and doctors that they had gone through to tell me more about, um, you know, egg donation, surrogacy. You had you had several women who would who understood the process and they wouldn't be so. um uh, just married yeah. to the child yeah. that they delivered, they understood it was not their child. Okay. But you know, it's it's a different area. People are still learning. I think uh, even in our community, uh, adopting an infant is that is not your child biologically is still something that people kind of wrestle with a little bit, which I think is kind of bizarre mm -hmm. because historically, we you know, if you've had friends or family, we've had a, a child or somebody just come and live with you, right? Um, and I, I can mm -hmm. I can attest, mm -hmm. you know, like we've had extended family members and they've just come in and they've and they've lived with us for uh -huh. an extended period of time. It's just it there was no formality behind it. And 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 that's that's a teeny bit it, that's what in our community is common. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when there are adoptions, they're family adoptions. Right. So yeah. you mentioned 407 children were adopted in the Texas area. Yeah. In Texas in 2017, some of those may be family adoptions, That's which is true. a little bit okay. different. So That's there's true. so many aspects to adoption. Uh, sometimes we don't think about it, but family adoptions are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, cousin Nim, mama Nim, somebody Nim. Um, adopting a child, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit different mm -hmm. uh, than kind of the process we went through. Sure, sure. Do you think that there's like a lack of black family child adoptions? I think there is a lack of knowledge. Mm. Mm. When it comes to adoption, uh, when I mention family adoption, those can be a little tricky because you may know auntie or uncle or whoever, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, you may know the birth mom um, because she may be a cousin or a second cousin. Mm -hmm. So you may actually know this person, but mm -hmm. this person doesn't want to have a child. You know, they want to go out and do their thing or, you know, they've got something going on. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit different. I think um, adoption that way, you see that more often. I don't know if you see as often adoption where you do not know the parents mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the children are small. And in our situation, our birth parents selected us. 
So it's a little bit different not knowing who who the birth parent is and the birth parent having total faith that they are um, allowing you to raise their child sure. or al- allowing you to raise a child. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it can be different, but I think part of it is just education. Okay. I, I truly believe it's education more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some of the myths that people go through, uh, some of the things you kind of talk about. Well, uh, let's jump we'll right get in there. No, let's jump mm-hmm. right into that. What are some mm-hmm. of the myths? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, I remember when we went to pick up Zachary. Zachary was in North Carolina, so we're traveling back home. And, you know, he's like, this kid is four pounds, five pounds, He's so tiny, and I weighed less than than I do now. Mm-hmm. So we're in uh, Cracker Barrel, and this lady goes, "Wow, you had a you, you know you have this kid," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, we just got him." Notice I said we just, just got, got him. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> say I just had him. I said <laughs> I just, we just got him. We just that picked just him sounded up illegal him. right there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I ain't gonna cut you off from your thought process, but that kind of sounded illegal. Was yeah, your response? You know, and and I don't think she caught it. And then she goes, "Why, why are you so, how are you so little so quick?" And I was like, "Well, he's adopted." The first thing she said was, why did his mama give him up? Oh, give no. him away. Give, yeah. give him away. Oh. And the agency kind of alerted, you know, they kind of walked us through that people would say these things. And that was the first time I got a chance to, well, you know, at the store, women were side-eyeing me for having a kid and not like looking like I just back. had a child, yeah. right? So I had to tell this lady in Cracker Barrel, I said, um, one— his mom didn't give him away. His mom is allowing us to bring him up in the way that she knows will be best for him. Mm-hmm. So she never gave him away. What she did is gave him a chance. Mm-hmm. So she put herself and placed him in a situation where she could make educated decisions for his future and his mm-hmm. life. Um, it, it, I never see it as either of my birth parents just giving their kids away because people are like, oh, they just didn't want them. Uh, both of our birth parents, you know, birth moms, they're educated, but they're educated enough to know that they were not able to bring these children up mm-hmm. in the manner that they felt mm. was right. Sure. That's and cool. I spoke to one child, you know, my daughter's birth mom, and she just, was honest. She said, I can't do this. I can't raise her and raise my other children. Mm. Uh, Another myth is that all um, women who give up their children are floozies. That is not true. Um, Let's be honest. Sometimes when we are young, Mm -hmm. (laughs) We might put ourselves in situations that could result in, you know, um, outcomes that we don't want. I am living witness. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Nine months later. I I am living proof that you can get pregnant the first time. Uh Uh-huh. My parents were, let's see, 15 and 14 when they, when I was, you know, conceived. Uh Uh-huh. So, one, I learned not to judge. Um and neither of my birth moms are floozies. So that is right. not true. Uh, another myth you hear is they're young teenagers. That's not necessarily true. Uh, both of my birth mothers were, one was 23, the other was about 36. 
36, 35, 36. Oh, wow. So that's something that a lot of people think is they think, oh, they're young girls, they're teenagers. That's not necessarily true, especially mm-hmm. when we're talking infant adoption through mm-hmm. an agency like Gladney. Okay. Um, many times these women, they know the truth. They know the truth about raising a child. They are not looking through rose-colored glasses. They are not seeing this as, oh, there's someone to love me. What they reality see is the cost for education, the cost for diapers, the cost for formulas. You know, how are they mentally going to handle this being a single parent? And sometimes the father is not in the picture. Um, They know the realities Mm -hmm. and they can have true conversations. Uh, Zachary's birth mother, uh, her and the birth father weren't together anymore, Mm -hmm. but they could both have that conversation to understand this is probably not the right decision. So when you hear people say, oh, they're always teenagers, uh, or you watch that show, 16 and Pregnant, or 16, whatever the show is, Mm -hmm. um, that's a small part of, you know, the adoption process or, you know, adoption in general. But um, even Gladney will tell you many times birth mothers that go through with the process are a little bit older, they're a little bit more educated, they understand what it takes, they understand what they can and cannot give at this form at this moment in their life. And they're re- re- realistic. They're not like, oh, you know what, I can keep this kid and maybe in five or 10 years, I'll get a college degree and I'll make more than $10 an hour. They know that, you know, their background, there's no one there to support them sure. truly. Mm-hmm. And they know that if, I keep this child, and I am not financially, I am not mentally prepared to do this, I'm not going to be able to give them the best. That's mm-hmm. true. And, mm-hmm. and and they can't give themselves the best. They can't give the child the best. And who wants, who wants as, as a human to be blamed for why someone else did not succeed in life? That, that already brings down their emotional well-being exactly. as they're growing up. Right. So, Which it, is not why they were yeah. put up for adoption to begin with. So both of my children, you know, they're birth mothers. I, I, I met one. I haven't met the others. I totally, I, you know what? I, I can't imagine what they went through. But boy, I have so much more respect for them mm-hmm. for understanding where they were truly in life. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes a myth that you also hear is that, you know, the birth mothers don't care. That is not true. I spoke to Zoe's birth mom. She cares. She cares about Zoe. Mm-hmm. She cares about her livelihood. And she literally said, I want her to have so much more than I can give her. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get to step in. And now she is this little pumpkin, <laughs> little almost one-year-old or one-year-old who is just, you know, uh, she makes people happy. Mm-hmm. And um, that, you know, I, I won't say, I won't. Go there because it'll make me cry because sure. I just no, love this whole company. And to put yeah. this in context, um, I know we just kind of jumped in there. You have you have Zach, and he was adopted in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and you have little Zoe, and she was is she from Texas. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So that's where I'm talking about two different locations uh, locations for adoption. Yes. So what led you to select Gladney? 
Um, actually, one of my colleagues, my former colleagues, Paige McCoy-Smith, she once worked for Gladney, ah. and she adopted through Gladney her daughter. Mm-hmm. When we went through the process, you know, women, we just chat, chat, chat. It's like you can't chat about work and do a good job, but you can chat, chat about just personal things like uh, this whole IVF thing didn't work. And... I was just talking to someone and I was like, you know, I think we're going to consider adoption. So I'm going to start the process. And she says, okay, I got to talk to you. And she went through this whole gamut and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Then I talked to other people. You know, we considered fostering to adopt. Um, We had friends that did that. Some gave good stories. Some gave horror stories. Um, Then we had, you know, people just tell us, well, you can go through this place and this place and this place. And when we really started doing the homework, um, my husband and I realized we like organization. And and, and Gladney is very organized. They are very, you know, boom, 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 boom. And I like that. I could see the plan. Mm -hmm. Um. I like how they not only care for birth parents, but they, uh, you know, adoptive parents, they also think about the birth parent because emotionally they're going to need help Mm -hmm. along the way too to work past the thought of, you know, adopting out their child. And they were big. I did have people go, oh, they charge too much. I will say when it comes to the fees, you get what you pay for. I know we hear that all the time, but in (laughs) some cases, you really do get what you pay for. And I needed organization. I needed professionalism. I needed to know we are going to get a child. I don't want a situation where it doesn't work out, the adoption fails, and then we have to pay more money to come back in there. I just, I needed something that they made the process easy, clear. All I have to do is do my part and be patient and wait. And that's what Gladney did. I mean, they made no promises that it was going to take, you know, this amount of time. They gave you a ballpark figure, but they were realistic. And Mm -hmm. I liked the organization. I liked, I had, I went through several caseworkers, but each one was uh, educated, they knew what they were talking about. Um, we didn't go through them because we were bad, you know, adoptive parents or anything mm-hmm. like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the caseworkers, you know, they had lives too. So yeah, yeah. one had a child. So, you know, she left after she had her child. One was moving to another state. So it wasn't that we were bad. It's just the situation. Life, happen. Life, Life happens. happens. Yeah. Life happens. But I just felt that Gladney, they had a record for doing it just right. And when we went to their orientation, my husband was like, okay, hurry up and sign us up and let's get out of here. You're like, all right, yeah. (laughs) Okay, sure. Well, what are some things you wish you had known about the adoption process overall now that you've gone through two? Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) I wish that, I, I think I wish that I had helped friends and family kind of understand the process better um, just so that they could be a little more educated as well. I mean, they're learning now, but I wish they had known during the process that, you know, we still needed help. I mean, we still needed baby showers because we had absolutely nothing. We were clueless. Um, We still needed people to talk to us about raising children without feeling weird about it. Um, I wish that we had had family closer during both of these um, 
adoptions. Just because we needed that extra support, uh, our friends could give us some, but, you know, they were busy with their lives and they couldn't be there sometimes like family could. Mm-hmm. Just because we we just needed a little help. We we didn't have a clue. Like, poor Zachary. I mean, we just kept saying, Lord, please don't let us do anything to hurt this kid because we have no clue. Um, but I wish I had also known... I wish I'd also understood what patience meant because it could, waiting can be so much. It can be uh, really hard and daunting. And you're just like, when is this ever going to happen? I mean, you know it's going to happen. But I always like to say it's like waiting on God. Mm-hmm. Mm. You, you, you pray about it. You mm-hmm. know it's going to happen. But when? Yeah. When, God, yeah. when? And so that became our prayer a lot. Um, But I felt like going through Gladney that they helped to educate us. And our caseworkers were just so, I I don't know. I said, you know, maybe they because I was on TV, they just took my calls and my stupid emails and answered everything (laughs) for me. Uh, They were just kind of there whenever we needed to. I mean, I would call and have like, really some dumb questions. I mean, I didn't, I never, as a journalist, you're always taught there are no dumb questions, but I can look back and say, boy, that was kind of a dumb question, you know? Um, So those were just some of the things, but I felt like Gladney kind of prepared me for some things. I just don't think you can ever prepare anyone for however long the wait is going to take, whether it's really short or really long. So it sounds like you're, Concerns who are just general first-time mom concerns, yeah. too. Probably, yes. You know? I, I, I felt like I had done my homework. I picked the right agency. I had a really good caseworker. And once we turned everything in, um, it just became a wait. You know, it was a wait. What was going to happen? Um the that, funny that was, thing, that's like our nine months of like yeah, just ten months of waiting. Of waiting. And, yeah, you're, you're waiting, and you're overdue, and you're overdue. Oh that, yeah, we were so real that's overdue. A, that's yeah. what we exchanged. And with we're you just waiting mm-hmm. and waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, you know mm-hmm. the other part is you don't know what you're gonna get. And you, in some people's case, they you don't, don't know, know what you're, you're gonna, gonna get. get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and in regards, if you didn't know it was a boy or girl, sometimes you don't really know what their personality and whatnot. You don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, you don't know that. You don't know if you're getting a boy or girl. You don't know what state they're going to be in until you're matched up. You don't know. It's so many little things that you don't know, but you're okay with that until it all starts to, like a Rubik's Cube, slowly click together. Then it just makes sense. And then you start freaking out. Like, um, oh my God. I don't think, honestly, I don't think we had time to freak out with either of our kids. We were just like, okay, here we go. Here, I mean, exact, well, that's the way see? it is. Here we go. That here water we, broke. Here, here we, we go. go. I mean, it You got was, that phone call. Here we go. And, and, and just everything about those phone calls is just, I was like, Lord, please bless these children that we are going to take. Anything that could have been weird or odd about both of their situations, yeah, it happened. Mm -hmm. It happened. Mm -hmm. It definitely was all crazy both times. (laughs) What did you do differently in adopting Zoe that you did not in adopting Zach? Um, A couple of things changed between their adoptions. Uh, We started Zoe's adoption a year after Zachary turned a year old. Okay. Uh, One thing that we ran into was the fees had doubled. 
Oh, why is yeah. that? So here, here's what happened. Zachary was born in 2015. Mm-hmm. So at the time, our agency had a program that was specifically for African-American and biracial children. Okay. At the time, they didn't have as many uh, adoptive couples wanting to, ad- to adopt uh, black or biracial children. They wanted white kids. I mean, that was the majority of the couples that came in. Okay, okay. go there. Go there. Okay. I, I'll have a little something for that. Um, and then as time has gone on, other countries have closed their borders. So that meant some people who were going outside the United States were no longer adopting from Russia, you know, China, and different areas around the world. So that changed things up. And then Gladney started seeing that people wanted to be parents. So they were no longer, you know, I want a white child. They were like, black kid works for me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. biracial child. My husband is biracial. Yep, yeah, sounds mm-hmm. good to me. You know, and so they were open to the idea. So then to be, you know, just to put it, keep it real, the competition became different. Yes. Mm. And so when you the competition becomes different, why should they give any kind of discount for a black or biracial child? Mm. You don't all, have to all anymore. Fair. It's a fair game. It's a fair game. And it's so funny. When I was doing my research for this, and mm-hmm. I was looking specifically for African-American couples adopting African-American children, all I found were transracial mm-hmm. adoption stories, transracial yes. adoption statistics. Nothing nothing mm. as clear cut as you were saying yeah. so we're like you're saying we're seeing a lot more obviously with other celebrities yes. who are adopting children who are mm-hmm. african american you know I, that's all yeah. i saw and and they and, and gladney even said at one point they were losing african american birth moms because they didn't have as many african american couples cuz gladney is uh on an agency that deals with couples married couples okay so at one point they said they didn't have as many um adoptive couples waiting and they have these african american women coming to them with who are with pregnant their, with their children wow and you know they're pregnant mm. and they want to adopt out so Sometimes they would go to different agencies instead of working with Gladney. But things have changed. Mm-hmm. You know, people want children. And they're okay if they're black. They're okay if they're biracial. Yep. Um, so th- 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 there's no longer a need to discount for wow. uh, African-American children or biracial children. And they're his- all equal. Historically, and you, yeah. can, you can jump in as well, it was, quote-unquote, cheaper— yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I would adopt. Heard. Yeah, you know, African American children. Oh yeah. So it is. It's so interesting now that you're saying they double the fees, and it is fair game for. Right. I feel like every like black kids are in style. The way it yeah, comes yeah, off. It is. yeah. Well, I I tell you, um, when we paid Zachary's fees, we were like, Lord have mercy. And then when we came back a year later, and we started talking to our caseworker, she goes, "So I have to tell you this part." She said it. I was like, "Girl." Or do you think, do we look like we are made of money? Do I look like I'm getting ready to buy a new car? Um, but we, we were already so set that we were doing two kids. Mm-hmm. This goes back to that God praying thing. Because if you told me to <laughs> save this much money again, I probably couldn't do it. Uh, but you tell me, okay, you have to have this much to get, you know, fees for your child. We got it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I tell people it was totally God. He totally wanted us to have these kids because we can't save that much money as quick, but we did. My husband got honestly, he got bonuses for every almost every fee we needed within a hundred or two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. When we finished Zachary's adoption, um, we had more in our savings account. When we finished Zoe's adoption, maybe a thousand or two. But we were still neck and neck for mm-hmm. what we paid. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that that's part of it. That's one thing that we had to learn. The other thing that we did different, um, we kept the same adoption profile book. But the other thing that um, was a bit, a lot different was the weight seemed so different from one child to child number two. Oh? It took 18 months for Zachary from our first orientation until we got him home. Mm-hmm. Zoe's was 15 months, but it seemed like it took no time at all. You know, I, I as, as your friend for a while, I, I actually agree with you with that because I feel yeah. like we met... Right a after year Z- before mm-hmm. you even had Zach because you said, oh, I'm... Yeah. Either I feel like the word you used was expecting or yes. you were waiting for your child. Or expe- I feel like you used the word expecting. Yeah, so I didn't even I, know I you think, were adopting until yeah. we came back around and talked about it more. And then you didn't even have Zach until April. Yes. And we started talking the the year prior in July. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that time just went by fast. But I think it's also, you know, parents will say that anytime. You know, second one, it just all seems so different because you've already had one child mm-hmm. so it's so different uh, some of the laws changed a little bit in between not okay. major but we had to um, the laws changed uh, both of their birth parents the situation was so different we had to learn a little bit more about adoption laws in Texas when okay. it came to Zoe just because again we met her birth mother but her birth father was on another level mm-hmm. so that was something we never experienced with uh, Zachary plus we had never met Zachary's birth parents they wanted a closed adoption okay so you know they they were at the hospital together they loved him they kissed on him they said goodbye to him with Zoe um I I I didn't know how to handle meeting a birth mom uh we talked to her once Brian and I didn't know what to do. I mean, and and we wanted Zachary to go to sleep because it was like that particular day he wouldn't nap. He just was all over the place. Meanwhile, she's so calm. And I was like, oh, gosh, she's going to hear my kid crazy back here behind me. And she's going to think these are the wrong person she's gonna for my child. She's going to just, <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, never mind. Glad yeah, never mind. Never mind. Not with these two. And, and she was fine. So just knowing that, I did not, I didn't know what the emotions would be like actually meeting a birth parent. So that was something, you know, we talked to our caseworker a lot because I didn't know what to do. I kept talking to friends that had met birth parents and I was like, well, what is she expecting? I mean, she wants it closed after that. I mean, what what is a was, closed oof. adoption for those who don't know? Yeah. Okay. That are listening. So a closed adoption is when nine times out of 10, the birth parents, mom or dad, do not want to have any contact with the adoptive parents or the child so when it's closed nine times out of ten all court records like zoe and zachary both of their court records are sealed 
So if their birth parents gave them a different name, I mean, if their uh, birth parents gave them a different name, I have no idea what it is. It is not privy to us. It is not privy to them at this particular point. It is not really privy to the uh, birth parents either. They have chosen not to be a part of this child's life. Um, when they turn 18, that can change. Um, but from zero or whenever they are adopted out, it is closed up. So you don't know as much about them. Um, when it is an open adoption, and I know some friends that have open adoptions, they their children actually see their birth parents like maybe at a birthday party or, you know, that once a year or at Christmas, they kind of set it up on how they're going to do it. Uh, I will tell you, we both, Zachary and I, I mean, Brian and I both wanted closed adoptions because mm-hmm. we felt that was the best way for us to raise our kids. Then Zachary was born and I felt horrible that I didn't get to hug his mom, his mm-hmm. birth mom, his birth dad and thank them. And they were actually at the hospital, and Brian wow. saw them <gasps> in the elevator. And um, he said before he realized that's who it was, because how we even know what they look like is a totally different story. But um, I felt like I just wanted to give them both a big hug and thank them profusely for giving us the opportunity to be parents. So for it to be closed was a little sad for us, but Mm -hmm. I hope Mm -hmm. that one day we'll have the opportunity to meet them, hug them, thank them. Mm -hmm. You know, Zoe's birth mom, we did have that opportunity. So, you know, with her, I'm able to share probably a little bit more. Um, So when it's closed, it pretty much means the files are locked and sealed until you're 18. And sometimes it can be a legal situation to get them open. Um, Sometimes it doesn't happen. Mm. But, you know, it is. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Sure. Sure. Man. Like, <laughs> that's rough though like I you know, saw him in like, the I'm elevator just, I think that's what got I know, me right now I would, like, I would, yeah that's yeah. Well, well we are talking about a man that saw this for a quick uh, a split but just second. knowing cause like yeah you know it's, and it's kind of like after the fact then the wheels start turning because you're holding like, Zach I mean like, you're holding you're, so, you're holding Zach probably so and not even. we were we got to the hospital and this was, gosh, was he even, he wasn't even 48 hours old at the time. And his birth parents had signed all of their paperwork and they were about to leave. Um, this was that hospital's first time doing this type of adoption, this and infant is there, adoption. Is there a caseworker there? Yes. Or okay. okay. Yes. So she had worked with Gladney before here and over in the Carolina area. And just that timing, that weird timing, because mm-hmm. we had to sit in a room and wait for a little while to allow them the time to leave. But sure. apparently somewhere that communications kind of where they were coming off and we were headed. Now, y'all, I oh. was so busily, busy headed towards the nursery that I, I wasn't paying attention. Sure. I remember the elevator opening, never bothered to even look that hard over that way because I was just trying to, I was tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. And Brian saw the birth parents and, you know, realized that uh, perhaps it was the birth mom's mom holding her back for a second. Because they know exactly what we look like. And... um 
Yeah. You know, so it, it was very interesting. I When he told me on the way out of the hospital, I was like, why did you say something? Right? What but that could, that could have been contentious. Who right. knows? I was like, so sometimes like, for the better. Yeah, and, and that's what I said. I said, you know what? They made a decision. It was hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think meeting us would have been way too much emotionally yeah. for the two of them. Um, Is there like a 72-hour like, oh, now that I met you, let me turn around and like redo this over? No. no. Once it's done, so it's done. So with Texas, Texas adoption laws are 48 hours after a baby is born, infant is born. And then the birth mother can sign over the paperwork, so not before. She can always change her mind uh, in those 48 hours. Mm-hmm. With Gladney, how they have it set up legally is they have all the paperwork set up. And once she signs everything, then she's basically placing the child in the care of Gladney. And mm-hmm. we're kind of foster parents for the most part for the first six months or mm-hmm. until finalization. Um, so in that case, North Carolina was also 48 hours. Oh. Some states are only 24 hours. Like Arkansas oh. is like 24 hours. Oh, man. Um, so each state is different. You just kind of have to know the different laws. Okay. Um, and, and it's having, where the baby's born. It's the law that you must go yes, by. Um, but sometimes it can it can change up a little bit. Okay. You know, when we went to get Zachary, for instance, we were told we'd have to, once we were cleared to leave the state of North Carolina, we just had to wait before, you know, all the paperwork is signed in Texas before we can bring him back into Texas. We get to North Carolina. The laws have literally changed just within the past few months before we got there. And we had to wait to be cleared in North Carolina and Texas before we could take him out of the state. Otherwise, they can pick us up and say, hey, kidnap you kidnapped this kid because <laughs> he's not you know, legally sure. supposed to be leaving the state. So, you know, you had a few changes legally that were different. But um, the difference between the two adoptions, the, it was just so different. I mean, it was yeah. just so different. The weight, how it all came about. I never had second... Uh, I never second-guessed if Zachary's birth parents would change their mind. I mean, I think I thought about it on the drive there, but I was like, oh, it never hit me they could change their minds. Mm -hmm. With Zoe, um, because I met her birth mother and because she kept Zoe in the room with her from the moment she had her until she walked out and literally we walked in probably five minutes later to get her. um, I was like, she is going to change her mind. And my husband was like, no, she's not. I was like, uh, yeah, she is. So honestly, we did not tell anyone. I mean, a few people may have known, but it was only a very short period of time because the agency waited right almost up until she had the child to even contact us. When we were originally contacted about Zoe, it was a Thursday. We had just finished swim class with Zachary, and they said, hey, we have this birth mom. Are you interested? Okay, yes, we are. And they gave us some background. They said, we're emailing you over the information about her, her history, blah, blah. And we're like, okay, so when does the baby do? They go, yep, they're inducing her on Monday. Oh, Monday, like this coming Monday, they were like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zoe was just hanging on for dear life in there. She just, you know, they, wow. and she, she arrived like three weeks later. But I tell you what, um, you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And the fact that 
she kept her in that room right. for those 48 hours or 40-something hours. I was like, she is not going to do this. She was still feeding her and burping her and changing her. And, you know, um, the the only thing she, I mean, she didn't, you know, um, nurse her. You know, she she didn't breastfeed. Yeah, because I was actually going to ask you, like, did you have any concerns about bonding with either child? Uh, for, for whatever reason it Melissa, may be. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even think that hard about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I honestly fair, didn't. Fair. Um, I just figured they were so young. I'm just going to keep them with me. And, you know, those 12 weeks that I was out of work, I got, you know, I, I have not at this point spent a night away from my kids. Uh, I think Zachary one time, but then I made Brian bring him to Houston <laughs> because I was working. Um, but... I, I I didn't even think that hard about it. Mm-hmm. I and then I was like, well, how one day it didn't hit me until Zachary got sick for the first time, and I realized that I had absolutely very little control over how he would, you know, his recovery. And then I was concerned about, you know, what if we don't know something about his medical history and. Oh. Uh, you know, th- that started scaring me. And then I realized, oh, my God, I love this little boy <laughs> way more than I love anybody else, even yeah. my husband and my mom. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I try not to tell my husband that, but I think he knows that, you know, if it's a choice between him and the kids, he is so out of the picture. Uh. God bless his soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't, do my, don't do to my man like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and, and Brian is a good dad. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I thought about bonding, you know, because that is something that they talk about with Gladney. They address that with you. And I say that because I don't know if you read that article. I don't know what state it was, but there was a woman. It was a family that had adopted a black child and they brought her back. Do you remember? Did you ever hear that one? We've had a couple of situations like that. I don't Um, know. Were they white? Yeah, yeah. It was in the Oh, is this the one? And then they were in the town and everyone else was like white or something. And then like they were, and then they want to give the baby back. I don't know. I don't remember the premise behind it. I will tell you that some people, the kid may not bond. I mean, but you can you can deliver a child, and it's a hard bond. I got a, a friend or two that you know they right. carry the kid for nine to ten months, right, and though. they're like, "This is the hardest thing ever." You know, they're going through um, postpartum depression. And so the bond isn't there. It takes a minute. I don't think, y'all, sometimes I think I was just too dumb to even understand if I was going to bond or not. I was just like, this is my baby. <laughs> I got a baby. You know, I was just so excited. I was like, I got a baby, you know. Oh, and, uh, I mean, that's how I was. I was kind of like Christmas. It was kind of like Christmas. I was like, I know this is a human, but it was just so exciting. Wrapped and, up. You know, and, and then the thing, think about it. I didn't have to, I did not have to go through nine months. I I did not have to deliver this child. So I picked him like up. It is like Christmas. It is like Christmas. I can mm-hmm. have wine the first night in the hotel with him. <laughs> right. He wouldn't stop crying. I didn't know what to do with him. I laid him on the bed and said, Brian, I don't know what to do. And Brian said, feed him. I was like, I already gave him the one ounce. They said, Brian threw a bottle in his mouth. He shut up. I went and sat and drank some wine. And I was like, this is good. <laughs> this is good. This is so awesome. This is, this is easy. Yeah. That's, you know, and, and here's the thing. Zachary was born the same day as uh, my colleague's son. They were mm-hmm. 10 hours apart. And so when 
when I talked to her, I was like, yeah, this is so cool. You know, I'm, I'm going to have a glass of wine with my dinner. And she was like, you know what? I totally hate you because I got to try to figure out this whole nursing thing. This kid keeps like he won't latch on. He's doing something weird. My, mm-hmm. you know, my boobs feel really very sensitive and you're drinking wine. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, she didn't hate on me, right, but, right. you know, I can hear that. Little, mm-hmm. There was a little hate there. Little so, hate. I think I, I, the answer to your question, I think I was just too dumb to realize, <laughs> am I going to bond with this child or not? I just Ignorance assumed it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you're going to with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, um, Zachary, we are thick as thieves. You know, if if he is hurt, it is mommy. If I if daddy yells at him, it's mommy. If mommy spanks him, it's mommy. I mean, I can't I, I've never felt so popular. <laughs> I mean, my children make me feel popular and oh. and appreciated and man. I get I get excited about going home because I feel like a teeny bit of a rock star with the kids. Oh, they are adorable kids. I I mean, they are they're loud. They're a little crazy sometimes, but I feel like a rock star with them. What family isn't? (laughs) Right? There you go. But these two, I'm like, man, I'm mm -hmm. definitely keeping y'all forever. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Okay. I want to carry them around when I'm having really bad work days so that they can just run toward me, and I'm like. I'm so awesome. Oh, well. That's, that's the beauty of children. Yes. Yes. It is. So, so we definitely appreciate you. I think we could probably talk about this. Oh, girl, I, you could talk for a long time. For, I'm, about the, yeah. What I have told you about is, and, and just so people understand, we did infant adoption with a private okay. agency. Yeah. So that is going to be a little bit different. You know, people always go, oh, the horror stories, what you do. Th-. Um, if you adopt, foster to adopt, that's a very different process. Mm -hmm. If you adopt an older child who is in the foster care system, um, it's going to be different. So, you know, when people say, oh, you paid all that money. Yeah, I did. But I truly wanted an infant who we could have a little more control. The birth parents could, you know, pick us. Um, You know, but Gladney also does uh, foster to adopt to help families Mm -hmm. in that way and find the right fit. That's the other part is finding the right fit and make sure you're prepared to fall in love with this child. Um, You know, when you do an infant, it's a little bit, sometimes it may be a tad bit easier if you go in with realistic expectations. I think when you get an older child, because I have some friends that adopt it that way, uh, I think you have to, I think counseling is always going to help. Uh, But you have to be okay and understand that sometimes these children have been through things that we as adult women can never, ever understand. Things that we pray we never have to understand. Um, So there are so many different adoption processes, you know, family adoptions. Uh, I had one friend, you know, he went through his church and got an infant, so his his uh, process was a little bit different. Mm. He just needed an attorney that would help guide him through the legal process of how okay. it works. Um, I, I hope that more African Americans will become familiar with the adoption process. Birth moms, uh, you know, uh, listening to your heart and being honest, because I think that will curb some of the foster to adopt situations. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Okay. Uh, you know, people are realistic about, can I 
do this realistically? And if they they answer some really good questions and say, no, I can't, and allow their child or allow this child to have an opportunity with a different family, it may be a different situation. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means you can make educated decisions that, um, you know, and that will help the child. And I look forward to the day when I can help both of my children have those conversations with their birth parents. That's wonderful. Look at me, I'm like, oh Girl, I can make you cry. I'm I'm trying not to. I'm keeping it simple. I know, I know. We need to, we really need to. And we really appreciate you for coming out, providing your insight, your your opinion, as well as your transparency in the adoption process. Best decision of my whole life. I bet. Where can we find out more about you? Um, I am working on a new webpage because okay. since oh. I left WFAA, which has not been very long, um, my identity is starting to change. Uh, and no, I am not an alcoholic. <laughs> I just uh, help you discover why coffee in your beer can work just fine and sure. which beers right taste now. like wine. <laughs> um but you can always, I mean, people can always contact me at my Gmail account, okay. Shannon2Powell at gmail.com. Great. I am always open. Um, you can also catch me at the brewery, Shannon Hart at TexasLProject.com. We are located right on Payne and Riverfront in downtown Dallas over in the design district. And I will say Shannon is is very is a very much open book about the adoption yeah. process. So oh, yeah. absolutely if you if we have listeners out mm-hmm. there who are interested or just have some additional questions, I feel comfortable to say, please don't hesitate to reach oh, yeah. out to her mm-hmm. and just say, Hey girl, in an email, this you is know, what this is what I'm thinking. I hope they do, because I hope at least just explore the possibility. Right, mm-hmm. right. You may say it's not for you, and that's okay. There's no judgment. Just, right. But it, at least explore the possibility. You never know mm-hmm. what you're going to get. Now, I, I will tell you my biggest thing now is uh, having the conversation with my children that they are adopted. So that's our our next thing in oh, life. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-mm. We'll have to have you back on yeah, that. That's, that's, a whole, that's a whole, that's a whole, that's a whole, yeah. like, nope, that's nope, that follow-up nope. episode. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but with that, let's continue the conversation through listener comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at mahoganymomology at gmail.com. Again, don't forget to vote for us as speakers in the South by Southwest panel picker. Until next time, this is Tosh. And I'm Mel. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye. Bye.